Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we made it. We made it to the finish line, y'all. We did it. The calendar year 2023 of sports. He's going to do the recap of all that stuff. All of it, all of it, man. We had a good year in sports, and we got to go in chronological order as best as we can. Hope we don't forget anything along the way, man. Listen, first and foremost, thanks to the stakeholders, the contributors to our platform who uh, who call in regularly on our shows, uh, regardless of the sport. Uh, they have been fantastic with their knowledge, their expertise. We have a lot of veteran fans who've been around for a long time and their value to what they bring to our platform can't be negated. It can't be, um, uh, disregarded. Uh, the stakeholders are, we had the best platform when it comes to all of our teams, all of our sports, all of our leagues and going into 2024 should be fun and exciting. Uh, you know, we got more things coming along the way, uh, not with just our teams, but the leagues in general and the sports, man. So let's just, just jump right into it, man. With the college football, going back to last season, uh, the national champions at the time, the Georgia Bulldogs, who dominated pretty much uh, their run in the SEC. Uh, they won their title game over uh, TCU out in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Uh, got to go back into the semifinals when it was... Uh, the one pairing of games, it was uh, uh, Georgia versus Ohio State in Atlanta, and that was a classic. Uh, you had the TCU game versus Michigan, uh, which was a very fun, high-scoring game as well. If you remember, starting with the Georgia game, it really came down to the last uh, couple of minutes. Uh, and Ohio State fell short, and they put up a valiant effort. That actually helped C.J. Uh, Stroud's um, draft um, I guess you could say his, his, his prospects, although he had a very good college year at Ohio State, he uh, actually had a very good pro day, and the Houston Texans are reaping the, uh, reaping the dividends of, of a C.J. Stroud. He had an excellent game. and uh, I think uh, I remember uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, who was a Heisman finalist this season, actually had a big game, and I think he got hurt in that game in Atlanta versus the Georgia Bulldogs. When Georgia held on for that game, uh, held on for that win, to keep their undefeated streak alive, they ended up playing the TCU Horn Frogs, who uh, shockingly beat Michigan 51 to 45 in Dallas or Arlington, Texas, and that set up the matchup uh, for the final two teams. Uh, Georgia destroying uh, at TCU. It was no contest at all. It was definitely all those pro level type of players on the Georgia uh, roster, and also led by Stetson Bennett, uh, who I believe he's the Christian Leitner of college football. If, the, if there ever was a comparison, I think that's the most accurate when you look at Christian Leitner's college or collegiate career at Duke in the early 90s, and then you look at Stetson Bennett, both winning national champions. They're like one of those type of players that are, they're not going to exceed on the, on the pro level, but collegiately, they were the best of the best uh, as far as winning. And that's what Stetson Bennett did was all he did was win, even though he was an older quarterback. Uh, but nonetheless, he, 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 was, he was a proven winning quarterback for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. And, you know, their notable wins that season leading up to the game against Ohio State and Atlanta. They had uh, the win versus Tennessee. That was a game I, I remember really well where Tennessee was a top-ranked team at the time. They went into Athens and got destroyed. It was a very nasty, rainy, muddy game. Georgia beat, ended up beating Tennessee. They ended up beating LSU in the SEC championship. So Georgia, uh, you know, 
they had a serious win streak. They are they are at the top of the college football ranks. You know, if you want to fast forward into 2023, them losing to Alabama, um, you know, things happen. I think, like I said, I said it on a previous podcast. I said if they play 10 times, I think Georgia wins eight. It happens to be that Alabama won one of the two of the 10 against Georgia. But uh, the notable wins uh, of last year, uh, leading up to that national championship over TCU, uh, they had a they had a good they had a good they had a good season. Now, if you look at twenty twenty three season right now, because by the you know you're listening to this recording, you're listening to the, the recap of college football, just twenty twenty three, we haven't got to the national championship game yet, or we haven't even played the semifinals yet because that doesn't happen until after New Year's, after New Year's Day, or during New Year's Day, or something like that. So, if you look at college football this season, that just happened. Everything started with the Deion Sanders hype. Uh, with him leaving Jackson State, going to Colorado, a Pac-12 team, that is a conference that's dissolving, uh, that's down to two teams right now as we speak. It was really about the, the hype Colorado was bringing to the national stage. They haven't been relevant that I could remember on a national stage since 94, 95, Cordell Stewart, uh... Michael Haynes, uh, they had uh, they had a good team back in the mid nineties. Even before that, the, the Eric Bieniemy was a quarterback. So Colorado hasn't been relevant in twenty five plus years, right? They they haven't, you know, they Dion brought his guys from Jackson State, his son uh, Shamor, Shador Sanders, uh, the number one high school prospect from two seasons ago, the combination uh, wide receiver cornerback Travis Hunter, who's been, you know, always often injured, Travis Hunter. Uh, he transferred from Jackson State uh, from the SWAC all the way to the Pac-12. And, and, and then, and then not, everybody was watching because they wanted to see how Dion was going to do on a D1 level at a big school. And you got to remember over the last couple of years in sports, uh, college sports, with the, the transfer portal is a big factor. So guys are coming and going all the time. And Colorado, uh, that first game versus TCU, it really started the hype because you started to see these entertainers, A-list celebrities coming to the pregames on national TV and also on the sidelines, these these, uh, musical artists uh, on the sideline for Colorado. And honestly, it became a distraction to a degree, I believe. Because after they beat TCU in a high-scoring game in Fort Worth, they actually played, I think the next game they played Nebraska, and I talked about that on a, on a recap college football episode, on all, all Football with Azul episode, right? When they beat Nebraska and they had a strong second half. That After that, they kind of struggled because once they played Oregon, in Oregon, in Eugene, they the season was downhill, man. They, they couldn't get out of their way, man. They lost a big game to... In-state rival or, I guess, interstate uh, college uh, rival Colorado State Rams. They lost to USC. They, they just went on a tailspin. They accumulated injuries. But the, the biggest issue with Colorado, they, they have no defense. They had no run defense especially. They were getting gashed. So I expect Colorado to get more guys in the portal to come play for Dion Because Dion's a very highly respected athlete. He's probably one of the best ever. When I mean ever, I'm talking about uh, just pure athletic, a pure, pure athletic ability. And then also what he's done as far as from a pot Warner level all the way through high school and now, you know, the HBCUs, now Pac-12. And he's always, you know, he's been an agent. He knows sports. He's a baseball player. He was a track and field star, a college 
football star and NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's mu- he's highly respected. I expect a lot of kids to hit that portal and head over to uh, Colorado, uh, Boulder, Colorado for uh, Deion Sanders, man, for, for sure, man. But right now, as I speak, the college football season is still intact, and congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs from the previous season who won their national championship earlier in this calendar year. And then also, what I would like to get to as far as the big games that happened this year, um, I think the biggest one that started off was the one in Tuscaloosa. I watched that game in its entirety live at the time when Texas went to Alabama and beat Alabama. This is the reason why those two teams are in the semifinals. So Texas with a big win, who are going to be in the uh, SEC next year. The Red Red River shootout, that was a fun high-scoring game, and that was the game Texas did lose under the last minute to Oklahoma, to to Dylan Gabriel, the uh, the transfer from from UCF. Um, So Oklahoma, that was a nice game. Other games... um, the Ohio State at Notre Dame game where Ohio State won un- under the minute with the, the Russian touchdown at the goal line. Very good game. Uh, Florida State-Clemson was another regular season game. I thought that was pretty good. Then you had some scary games, like in particular. When I mean scary, like Alabama could have been upset in the Iron Bowl where they had the last touchdown uh, reception against Auburn. In Auburn, uh, a, on a fourth and – I think it was fourth and 15. It may have been fourth and 17. And they got a late touchdown that got them into the SEC championship against Georgia. And that's why they are in the position that they were. And then there was other games that I really enjoyed, like the two Oregon-Washington uh, games in the Pac-12. Uh, Washington beating Oregon in Seattle the first time around. And then in Las Vegas, Washington beating Oregon again. They played two very good games, high-scoring games that was close. Uh, so Washington, led by Michael Penix Jr., who's overcome definitely a lot of injuries since 2018. ACL comes to mind. Um, yeah, yeah, but the best the best football was played in the Pac-12. That was the best. Those had the best teams up and down in that conference. You know, they had Washington, Washington State. Washington State kind of fell off. They started off well. Came Ward played well. Then they kind of went into a tailspin. Arizona was sneakily good. And, and and really snuck up on a lot of teams. Oregon State was good. Um, Oregon, Oregon State, I said, right? Uh, Stanford was all right. Uh, UCLA was like kind of middle to the pack, to the bottom with Colorado, and then Arizona State was kind of at the bottom. But uh, Utah was pretty good with their strong defense. They had a nice win against UCLA early in the year in Utah. But uh, this thing was really about... You know, Caleb Williams also, you know, if he was going to repeat as a Heisman Trophy, and he heard a lot of his thought losing that Notre Dame game. So, but that was the best conference. SEC was a little weak this year. Big Ten outside of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State was weak. Uh, I guess the Big 12, you know, I mean, outside of Texas, there's really nobody that was a big threat in the top 10. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and then in the ACC, it was pretty much Florida State. So, and who got snake bit? I mean, that was the big news, right, as far as, um, not making the national championship final four or the the, the semifinals because they, they had they, they, you know the knock on them or the knock by the critics was they played a weak um, non conference schedule and an ACC was down this year and I say that you know you heard me say that before on a previous podcast well if you was going to say that should have said that shit at the beginning of the season in August but nonetheless 
it is what it is. That format is going away. Uh, we're going to expand the playoff format for the next college season. So we look forward to that, man. Uh, let's see. The next one. Let's see the next one. The next one would be the NFL. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs who won their Super Bowl in, was it Las Vegas? No, 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 no. They're in Las Vegas. They're going to be in Las Vegas in 2024. They, they played that game in Arizona. I'm sorry. I know it was one of those places out west. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank God they beat the Eagles. You know, there's no way I, I probably could live, uh, you know, and come back to life resurrected as a, an irate fan. But the, the Chiefs beating the Eagles uh, in Scotts, it's not Scottsdale, Glendale. Glendale, Arizona, uh, Super Bowl 57. And that was the game Patrick Mahomes, who didn't really have a spectacular game statistically, but him having that bum ankle kind of Terrell Owens like in 2005 when Nate when 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 he, when he was on the Eagles uh, against the Patriots, but Mahomes uh, had a, a a valiant effort, and and then you know there was a controversial call, and you know thank goodness and went the way for the Kansas City Chiefs with that little tuck uh, hold by James Bradbury that gave uh, Kansas City a penalty, well, the penalty on the Eagles. Uh, you know, Philadelphia had a strong year last year. Strong football season. I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. No doubt, no lie. I thought top to bottom, they were the com- most complete roster in the NFL. Uh, they're a little down this year. But they still have a good competent team. Although through a little slump as we uh you know, as I do this recording. But last year they were stacked. And I thought they were gonna win. Thank goodness Kansas City found a way, especially Andy Reid beating his former team that he coached. Uh, you know, those two teams leading up to that, because Kansas City won the AFC championship beating Cincinnati twenty-three to twenty in uh in Kansas City. And then that game, San Francisco went to uh, Philadelphia for the NFC Championship and Brad, uh, Purdy got hurt in, early on in the game and it was all Philadelphia from there. They they could never recover with a backup quarterback. You know, there was no way they were going to win that. So, you know, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for beating the Philadelphia Eagles. And now the crazy thing about the season that we are currently in at the time of this recording, the whole offseason, the big news was about Aaron Rodgers being signed as a New York Jet, and that did not turn into fruition because after the third play of the season, he gets hurt in that Monday night game versus Buffalo Bills, and they were prime time. They were on, the Jets were on primetime games all year round. And there was a lot of matches that, that they wanted to see, starting with the Bills and the Jets for a complete game. There was a Kansas City game on Sunday night. There was a the Jets and the uh, Dolphins on uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving on Amazon Prime. I mean, they were all over national TV. And they, you know, the Jets were in Dallas one, at one point earlier in the year. Uh, they had some big games that a lot of people was ready to see with Aaron Rodgers. Because I thought the the way the Jets were constructed, and especially adding an Aaron Rodgers, they were primed to at least get, I say, to at least a divisional round. And maybe their peak would probably had a chance to make the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. They getting Brees Hall back. They're running back off an ACL injury. That was the missing piece was the quarterback. And this is the reason why they went and got him, because he's an all-time quarterback. Zach Wilson is definitely not the answer day in, day out as the Jets quarterback, as Jet fans know, as NFL fans know. And that was the biggest story in the season was Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. So as of right now, a lot of teams, uh, injuries is part of the game. That's cliche, of course. But, uh, you know, 
through this part of the season, Baltimore leading the charge in the AFC with the Kansas City's and Buffalo's trying to get back on some uh, winning on a winning track. And on the NFC side, the best team is the San Francisco 49ers when fully healthy. And then Dallas, San Francisco, and whoever else, Detroit. Detroit, that's a nice story too. Detroit actually had a nice win opening night against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's a team that hasn't won the NFC North since they went to this uh, three-division format in each conference. So Detroit is on their way to an NFC North championship or uh, division winner for the first time in his team history. That team's been around forever, man. They always stunk. Uh, But good for them, man. Uh, They've actually played uh, good football for most of the season, man. So that is it for the uh, NFL front. The, The Super Bowl champions of Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs. And that, you know, that's for the football and on to college basketball. And man, what an improbable run for my Connecticut Huskies winning their fifth national championship. Shout outs to the UConn Huskies for pulling it off in an improbable championship run. I did not think was going to happen because of the struggles they had in the conference against the teams, you know, Marquette, Creighton, Xavier, uh, Providence. Um, and, and especially, you know, you know the way they lost in the Big East uh, tournament. You know, I, a lot of people at the time thought it was going to be Alabama. You know, everybody puts Gonzaga in that, that category every year. And uh, Purdue. And I'll, and I'll get to those teams. You know, what happened to them in the tournament. But Connecticut had a dominant tournament run, winning every game by double digits. Never was a close game. Even if it was close in the first half, they always found a way to pull away in the second half. And and then the game I worried the most was the first game, uh, first round in the tournament against the Gales, the Iona Gales, coached by Rick Pitino, who's currently now at St. John University. Uh, that was the game. They had excellent guard play. But UConn has so many weapons and so much versatility that – over time, over a 20-minute half, they'll find a way to put it together defensively and knock down key shots, and they did it all tournament long, man. Um, you saw teams like Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. You know, they was a team that actually uh, went on a run. They beat uh, the team the team that uh, Purdue uh, lost to in the first one. Florida, uh, for, they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. They, Florida Atlantic ended up beating Fairleigh Dickinson. Dickerson and Florida Atlanta went on to the final four and probably one. Nobody, unless you was a, uh, I think they're the owls. If you were a, a alumni of that school, you probably put them in your bracket. Nobody at Florida Atlanta, but this is the surprise thing about the college basketball tournament. It's the best tournament in college sports. This is the reason why the, in a, the college football is expanding this format. But as far as UConn, I mean, they are dominant men in the tournament and they earned it their way to Houston uh, but their weapons, you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as uh, Sonogo, the center, who can make uh, go down in the post and, and, and just skilled enough, little still raw at his position at the time, make occasional threes where defensive centers do not respect it. Uh, Jordan Hawkins is a streaky suitor. Uh, Andre Jackson is a, a hell of an athlete, a jumper who could play defense. They had a, a transfer from San Diego by the guy named Joey Calcaterra, who was a, a knockdown three shooter off the bench, like a poor man's J.J. Reddick-ish. And then Tristan Newton from Eastern uh, East Carolina, a uh, man. 
they put it all together and went on a hell of a run, man. And then their way up in Houston and, and beating San Diego State in the national championship for the fifth national championship. And everybody talks about, okay, are they blue bloods? And then I talked about this on a previous recap episode. And I said, of course they're blue bloods. Look at the guys that have been in the NBA since 1990 for that squad. You know what I'm saying? They, they may not do it every year like Kentucky. But if you're talking national championships, they have the most in the 21st century. You got to put some respect. Men and women's. They are the basketball school capital in this country. So, uh, congratulations to the UConn Huskies for cutting down the nets in the Final Four in Houston. Uh, we're going to move on to the NHL. And when I look at the NHL, before I even speak on the, the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights, we got to talk about the team that, sh- that was highly favored to win the Stanley Cup. And that was the Boston Bruins who put up a historic point uh, total in the regular season with the President's Trophy. That just, that's not necessarily a guarantee of winning the Stanley Cup. But the Boston Bruins... I think, what, 126 points? Just crazy. Just destroying teams, mowing teams down all year round. It ended up losing to the hottest team going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which was the Florida Panthers, who made a, a trades at the deadline. Losing the seventh game on home ice at TD Bank Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Florida Panthers were that good, were, they were that hot. They ended up in the finals and losing to the Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. And I'll get to them in a second, but what a letdown or air out of the blue for the Boston Bruins. That's just, just it's just, if you were a, a fan of like my squad, like the Blue Shirts or if the Devils or if you have, you know, Colorado, who were the defending champions at the time, if you're the Dallas Stars or the Seattle Kraken, you... Even though when you lose out of the playoffs, you can't be more frustrated than how you went out as the Boston Bruins. Even if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf uh, fan who finally got out of the first round, because that was their not, they had, you know, struggling to get out of the first round, and they haven't won the Stanley Cup since 1967. But Boston was primed for a Stanley Cup winner. And, and, and 126 points and just losing the first round is sort of utterly embarrassing. And the crazy thing is, the Boston teams lost to two South Florida teams in in their in, in hockey and in basketball. Uh, you know, I'll get to the basketball when it comes to the Celtics and the Heat. But for the for the Florida Panthers to win that game on home ice against the Bruins uh, on the road ice against the Bruins was is spectacular. The Vegas Golden Knights are your Stanley Cup champions for twenty twenty three for the season or winning in the twenty twenty three. They had a dominant run uh, going through Winnipeg in five. Uh, beating uh, Dallas in the, in the conference finals, beating Edmonton before that, uh, beating Florida. Uh, they had a strong stack team, and that trade with Jack Eichel from the previous season p- paid off dividends. They had a you know, Chandler Stevenson, uh, they you know uh, Jonathan Marshall. Uh, they they top to bottom. This team was. Very good, you know. And then Aiden Hill played excellent goal. It was an excellent goalie. He's a top goalie this season in the current hockey season. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, get their first championship in what six seasons? The sixth season being in Vegas, and I know that makes Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, happy. But um, yeah, I mean, when I look at the twenty twenty three season, you saw a big rebound by the New Jersey Devils, who had the third. Uh, most point turnaround in one season with 46 points to get to their position and knocking out the Rangers in the first round and Carolina knocking out the Devils who ended up losing to Florida 
It's just it was a fun playoffs, man. Unexpected runs, uh, especially from the East. And, but I, at the end of the day, you know, Vegas. Uh, I thought it would be you know Vegas and Boston based on how those teams were playing in each conference. They ended up winning, and then you know Colorado is making a better turn this couple you know this season. Where now you know they have they still have their injuries, but their injuries hurt them last year. And that's the reason why, or part of the reason why they they lost to a better or more healthier Seattle Kraken team at the time. So uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Stanley Cup champions for uh, the 2023 calendar season. All right. Yeah, and that, that would be it on the hockey. And as far as the NBA, a team that's got their first NBA championship from the ABA, the ABA circuit, the Denver Nuggets, huh? The Denver Nuggets pull it off. Their first NBA championship. You know, they they never really was a team that was dominant since joining the NBA, since the ABA-NBA merger. But their core... When healthy, as strong as it gets, man, as far as the parts that fit like a, uh, like a glove. Uh, led by the MVP of the league, Nikola Jokic. And this is crazy how you look at his story where he was a second-round draft pick. Nobody knew who he was. And this is all of a, a domino effect of what the NBA is now from what it was since the 80s and the 90s, meaning that I believe a lot of this influence on a global scale was from the 92 Olympics. I think that's the trend. We all know the dream team of them playing in Barcelona and dominating in 92, but it really exposed basketball on the world stage, especially in Europe, especially in Canada. And the fact that you got guys in the, you know, the Greek free, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, uh, 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 Nikola Jokic, you have a lot of, you know, Spanish players, even a little before that, you know, like um, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili from Argentina. On a global scale, the European players are, uh, they, they, basketball is just developed around the world. They play in basketball everywhere because of that 92 Dream Team. And this is the reason why Jokic is in the league. This is the reason why uh, they won the, uh, the, the NBA championship. And you, you know the comparison, I'll say it again, as a broken record, Nikola Jokic is a hybrid. He's a mid, he's, he's, he is a combination of the skill set of a Larry Bird, Kevin McHale. It's crazy when you, when you really think about it, it's true. He can run the fast break like Bird. He can, he's not as a great passer like Bird, but he's a better passer than McHale. He may not have low post moves like McHale, but he has more better low post moves than Bird. He may not be the accurate long-distance shooter like Larry Bird, but he has long-distance shooting good enough and is better than Mikhail. He's like right in the middle. He's a rebounder like both of them. Low post moves like Mikhail. It's crazy. He passed the ball. He's a triple-double machine. He's a smart player, and he got his first NBA championship, and he got it with his running mate, Jamal Murray, who, you know, we've seen him get injured and Coming back a couple of years ago from the ACL injury, you saw them add Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic. That you saw the the pieces that uh, 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 Mike Malone was building with uh, the Denver Nuggets. 
So and then also at Michael Porter Jr. You know, we talk about this on the on the fan forum, the Nickelback Avenue fan forum from years ago in that draft. And I was even apprehensive because of the back issue Michael Porter Jr. was having at Missouri. So you throw those two guys into the mix, and then also add Catavius Car- uh, Caldwell Pope from the you know from the Lakers. Uh, you know, he used to play, you know bounce around the lead the Pistons. Came from the University of Georgia. He won. A, remember, he won a uh, championship with the Lakers in the bubble season down in Orlando a couple of years ago during COVID. Uh, Christian Braun, a national champion with the Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks with Bill Self. Uh, Bruce Brown, who's an excellent role player coming off the bench, currently on the Indiana Pacers. Remember, he had a, uh, he's from the Boston area, and he's uh, 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 played for the Brooklyn Nets before joining the Nuggets. That was a formidable eight-man rotation right there off rip, and they beat the Miami Heat. In the uh, in the uh, NBA Finals, and congratulations to them. They went, they blew past Phoenix. They blew past the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and, and in the first round, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, hell of a run! And and you know, NBA was in their second season in the uh, with the play-in tournament. Is it the play-in tournament? Yeah, the play-in tournament. I always get those those names mixed up. The play-in tournament. So. They did that. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets from the Eastern side of the conference. You know, you know the Miami Heat with, uh, yeah, I would call it an improbable run, but you know, a little surprising how they got to their 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 uh, to the conference finals, beating the top seeded Milwaukee Bucks after losing the uh, play uh, playing turning game to the Atlanta Hawks. Ended up beating Chicago to you know taking advantage of the Antetokounmpo. Injury and beating the Milwaukee Bucks, then in the next round beating the Knicks in six, and then the next round beating the Boston Celtics in seven on the the Boston Celtics home court. Remember, I was saying earlier how the Bruins lost to the Florida Panthers. Well, the Heat did the same thing in the same arena. Two Florida, two South Florida teams beat the Boston teams in the conference finals. Like you know, it's been maybe I don't think it's ever been done. But they made their path to the finals and ended up losing to the uh, Denver Nuggets in the pre uh, earlier this season in the calendar year from the from the previous season. Now, if you look at this season, the se- current season is intact. And the big thing was really about the uh, the in season tournament. You know, a lot of us call it the Kitty Cup, the Sippy Cup. And I love the format. I've said this many a times on the basketball shows all throughout. Uh, the year since this announcement, I love the fact is is doing that. Give other teams uh, marketability, give uh, players incentives to play for, so they can stop this uh, low management crap. You know the weird, you know the different color course was kind of weird, but uh, you know the, the Sippy, your first ever Sippy Cup champions is one of the franchise your 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 big franchises of the NBA, which was the Los Angeles Lakers beating the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers had a hell of a uh, Sippy Cup run. They get to their point, uh, beating Milwaukee, beating Boston, but uh, bowing out to a hungry Anthony Davis, LeBron James Lakers team in Las Vegas. I love it, man, and I think they had had excellent positive feedback. Whether a lot of people would like to admit it or not, for the first time, the end season tournament was. Uh, played on during the NBA regular season. I like the way they did it, playing the extra game for the finals. That would be an 83rd game for the Lakers and the Pacers. And then, you know, the guys who ever bought, bowed out had, had to play the other team, like you know, the six, the the, uh, the Knicks and the Celtics had to play that extra game uh, later on. But, yeah, I love the in-season tournament. 
And congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for their first NBA championship. And last but definitely not least, America's pastime sport, baseball, Major League Baseball. And man, listen, the first ever World Series championship for the Texas Rangers. They won their first World Series. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers. And what I really, really, really loved about this, especially kind of comparing how the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles, I love, 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 love the fact that the Texas Rangers defeated the Houston Astros in the ALCS in Game 6, Game 7, on the road in Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. And this is what, you know, let me, um, let me, uh, no, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to hold off on the Texas baseball rivalry. When I look at baseball and what they were looking at ways to improve the sport, they brought in the new rules or policy, however you want to look at it. The introduction of the, of the pitch clock was a success. I love it. I think most fans love it. Knowing that you can go to a baseball game and the game on average in a nine-inning game could be under two and a half hours, that's perfect, because so many times over the years, the decades, a regular season game should not go four, four and a half games, especially, uh, four, four and a half games, four, four and a half hours, just for a regular season game, one out of 162, between two division rivals or whatever, up until 1230 at midnight, that's ridiculous, you know, people want to have, you know, travel to go home after the game, that's ridiculous, that's too long, Base finding ways to speed up the game with uh, a batter taking, uh, 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 getting into the batter's box within eight seconds of the 24 seconds. And then you have to throw a pitch of, uh, you know, you have a timer, you know, under 30 seconds. So that was great. Loved it. Uh, Seen it in person. Loved it. Uh, extra larger bases, and they were trying to promote, you know, more stealing of the bases and preventing injury. They did the shift rule where you didn't want to do the. Uh, now, this is one rule I didn't really get. I don't like it. I don't think I still believe you should not dictate a team how they choose to play defense. That's up to the hitter to put the baseball ball, to put the baseball in play, whether he's a pull hitter or not. That's not his concern. That's more, you know, that shouldn't be the defensive concern. That's more of the hitter. If you was to ask me. But those were the major rules that they implemented in, in the 2023 baseball season. And, and, and here's the surprises, man. Baltimore Orioles winning 101 games and the ALEs winning the division. You know, I, I knew they were going to be an improvement of team. I thought they probably would have finished third in the ALEs. But they had a fun year, man. The Baltimore Orioles uh, winning the ALEs. Uh, they ended up losing to those Texas Rangers. Um uh, in the first round, of, or in a really official first round of the playoffs. But, um, yeah, you know, they were a fun team to watch. Uh, you know, as far as, you know, Tampa Bay, I thought who was going to go to the uh, World Series. They ended up losing to Texas. Ended up losing to Texas in the wild card. And Texas had a hell of a run. They ended up getting hot. They had a lot of injuries, too. They didn't, First of all, let, let's go back a little bit. Jacob DeGrom that they picked up from the Mets ended up injured uh, for the season. Uh, picking up Max uh, Scherzer from the Mets midseason. Uh, they had some guys, man, um, from the previous season, like Corey Seager, 
Aroldis Garcia, who's been you know from the minor leagues and came up. Uh, Dayton, you know, has you know, you know uh, Jung. He's he's an excellent player. They put it together a nice roster, and Bruce Bochy is a Hall of Fame manager, a winning manager. Uh, and and this is what I was saying back in the summer about that Texas baseball rivalry. Remember, I was talking about that on one of the the uh, dugout podcasts for the baseball, and I was saying baseball was trying to really get this Houston Dallas area thing going. A baseball rivalry. I mean, you always got the Mets and the, and the Red Sox to fall back on, but outside of that, uh, you know, what, what are the rivalries in baseball? You got Giants Dodgers. You got Padres Dodgers. You got um, uh, Cubs Cardinals. But the, you know, you know, down in that Midwest, southern part of the region of the uh, the United States, especially in the same division, there's no reason why not to have the interstate rival between Dallas and Houston and on the baseball side. And, and then lived up. They had played some competitive baseball. The AOS was the most um, unpredictable division because at one point, Texas was leading the division. Uh, they lost that division lead to Seattle, the Seattle Mariners, who I thought was going to have a stronger season than last year. They, they, they started off slow. They ended up going strong and they faded. And then Houston was just battling or over- overcoming injuries. They ended up getting Justin Verlander back from the Mets. And they had the crazy arms race in the uh, baseball with the trade deadline. Uh, but the AOS uh, with, with, with the Texas Rangers, uh, you know, ended up losing to Houston in the AOS. And it's crazy because as banged up as Houston was, Texas didn't take advantage, but they ended up having the last laugh, winning the World Series and winning Game Six and Game Seven in Houston. You saw some fireworks, some high pitches, uh, some some um, um, you know dugout clearings in that ALCS, some home run stare downs, and you know when like Rodas Garcia would hit a home run and you know high heat and you know hit get hit by pitches. But thank goodness the Houston Astros didn't win. I, I you know they've been on the best run, man. I'm tired of them winning. I'm as probably as like a lot of people were tired of the Yankees. I'm tired of the Houston Astros fucking win. I hate the Astros. Fuck that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then on the NL side, you know, Arizona was improbable. That's this is probably the most improbable run of all. You know, especially winning Game Six and Game Seven in Philadelphia after Philadelphia went up three to two in Phoenix at Chase Chase Field. So. You know, and here's the crazy thing, you know, Arizona getting to the point they did losing to the Texas Rangers, everybody thought, and I thought the Alabama, not Alabama, the Atlanta Braves had the, um, the clear-cut path in the, NF, in the, in the NL. A, a healthy Ronald Acuna, who had a historic year at the plate with the home runs and the stolen bases, 70 stolen bases, that's fucking ridiculous. They had uh, Matt Olson, you know, a guy that needed to replace Freddie Freeman from a couple of seasons ago, and he bombed up for 52 home runs. They had the pitch in, and they ended up losing. They, they won the they won the NL East by 14 games, y'all. 14 games, and ended up losing to a hot Philadelphia Phillies team in the NL Division Series. Huh? That is this is crazy. How when you look at sports, man. Uh, Philadelphia got their guys back at the trade deadline. Not that trade deadline, but after the trade deadline, they started off slow because a lot of those guys were hurt, but they went on a run. They just couldn't keep or catch Atlanta. Who they, Atlanta was just dominant throughout in the NL East. And then and then we look at the NL East, everybody had high expectations for the Mets, and then and then this is where what happened in the World Baseball Classic uh, with the reliever Diaz getting hurt, and that tanked the New York Mets season. 
Uh, that was one of the spin falls for their uh, their season. But congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning their first World Series championship. And then we look at the you know, the playoffs with Tampa Bay and Baltimore and Houston and Arizona and how they went out. It was an interesting year with the first year with the rules, with the pitch clock, the new bases. Uh, you know, loved everything about that aspect. And, and then we're going to go into year two. And see how that goes. Oh, also, there's one more thing I have to add with Major League Baseball. They, you know, I don't necessarily like this. I'm kind of more old school, get off my own type of guy. You know, stick with the a- see the ALNL thing kind of lost its luster with the with the interleague, and now with every plot he plays each other this year, or they did this past year, then they alternate uh, places. So, for example, if you are a, the Yankees, you went to St. Louis this year, next. Uh, Coming season, the Cardinals will go to the Yankees and vice versa. And that's kind of the basis with all the AL and NL teams. I don't necessarily like that. The point, of course, is to generate sales. But I think, you know, it, I, I, I think the AL and NL concept, once they started doing that, lost its luster. Now the NL, oh, that's another thing. The NL, uh, no more uh, pitchers are hitting. They're all DHs. So what the fuck is the point of having an AL NL? Just get rid of the concept of AL NL, if you was to ask me. But that's not just it with the baseball season or Major League Baseball, the regular season. I even think there was just as much hype with that World Baseball Classic. I loved everything about that before even the start of the regular season. Uh, that This was happening during spring training. And the World Baseball Classic was a historic event for the ages. Japan, Venezuela, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. I loved everything about the national pride in those games. The games played in uh, Phoenix, uh, Miami, and of course, World Ride. They had the other pool in Japan. I loved it. I loved it. Watching the game, especially... The Dominican Republic versus Puerto Rico and Miami. The crowd was electric, both sides. It was a lot of pride. They take their baseball seriously in the Caribbean. Take it very seriously. And and, and just staying up to watch those games. The, it was literally the All-Star games. It was better than the All-Star game. It is. It is just better because they were playing for country pride, national pride. And the, the Dominican Republic beating um, uh, Puerto Rico. Um, and then, like I said, Diaz getting hurt uh, in the uh, on the mound in the celebration that ended his, his season. So it was just, you know, crazy how all these games panned out. Um, just this, but the, but the story, I mean... You know how I feel about this alien guy, man. He's an alien. He's not human. Shohei Otani did one of the most all-time performances in sports history, even on an exhibition level, what he did in the World Baseball Classic. First of all, his pool was played in Japan. Uh, And when they came out of their pool in Japan, uh, their team had to fly halfway around the world to go to Miami to finish off, uh, you know, Ended up beating the United States in the final, the championship game, in which he played, in which the game, he struck out two MVPs. You know, I've said that, you know, we all saw it. You know, I'll reiterate it again because you have to understand the magnitude of what he did. 
striking out Mookie Betts and Mike Trout, his at this time's former teammate. Uh, you know, they were teammates at you know with the uh, the Angels in the American League West. This is one of the greatest things I ever seen in sports. This guy, I mean, he he he's a unbelievable. And the World Baseball Classic, it, it, it really jump started the baseball season for me. I don't know about every other baseball uh, um, fan. You know, there's got to be some people they just care about the regular season, the games that count. But when you look at it from a national applied thing, that had to me more juice, more juice probably than the regular season and the playoffs. If you was to ask me, by just looking at the eye test, how the players were, you know, the guys from Venezuela, Mexico, uh, United States, uh, maybe not necessarily the United States, but definitely Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic really wanted to have the bragging rights of beating their uh, counterparts in the uh, Major League Baseball. And I loved that, everything about that. Loved it, man. The World Baseball Classic. Can't wait to see it again when it comes around. And I think uh, the last, but certainly not least, and I talked about this on the last recap, and on a major league soccer level, the 2023 champions, uh, the Columbus Crew, y'all, the Columbus Crew. And wow, they defeated the best team uh, of the 2023 regular season, their interstate rival, the, the FC Cincinnati team. Right down I-71, Columbus to Cincinnati. The hell is real the, uh, rival because, you know, the reason why it's called that because there's a sign halfway between Columbus and Cincinnati on Interstate 71 that says hell is real. And that's why they dubbed it that that name of that rivalry. And and, and, and fortunately for me, I actually got to witness that regular, the first regular season game in Ohio, in Cincinnati. Because I was in town for the Yankees-Cincinnati Red game, and I ended up catching the uh, the uh, FC Cincinnati-Columbus game at TQL Stadium back in May. And that was a hell of an electric atmosphere. I saw Columbus fans in the stands. I made the trip down I-71, and FC Cincinnati ended up winning that game. But um, Cincinnati, the best team in MLS, was 69 points. Uh, Columbus was the third best team in the East behind Orlando. They ended up beating Orlando to get to the point where they met up with FC Cincinnati in the Eastern Conference Championship where FC Cincinnati beat the Philadelphia Union. Union, And I thought the, F- I thought the Union were going to be a team that was going to make that next leap to the, uh, to, the, to the Major League Cup, but they did not. Um, also out in the West, which was on the down year, uh, the best team was the team you know, in this inaugural season uh, with 56 points was the St. Louis uh, City team. Uh, they're they're in their first year. They ended up out uh, in the West with the best standings in the West. They ended up losing to their interstate rival in Can- Sporting uh, Kansas City uh, in their first round in the uh, MLS Cup. But the LAFC, the defending champions, ended up getting past. And I brought I talked about this on the recap. They ended up getting past uh, Vancouver, uh, Seattle. Uh, they they ended up beating Houston Dynamo in the Western Conference Finals. Ended up losing to the uh, to Columbus in Columbus uh, a couple of Saturdays ago for in the MLS Championship. But congratulations to Columbus Crew winning their uh, winning their, another MLS uh, Cup, adding another trophy to the reins. I believe it's the third 
championship cup and probable one too. I thought I thought it was going to be FC Cincinnati the way they've been playing all year. But these are all your champions of uh, sports. Uh, college football was the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, NFL, the Super Bowl was the Kansas City Chiefs. The National Basketball, not National Basketball, the NCAA Basketball Championship, the Connecticut Huskies. Uh, the Stanley Cup champions was your Vegas Golden Knights. Your Larry O'Brien champions in the NBA was your Denver Nuggets. Uh, the World Series champions for the first time, your Texas Rangers. And then also, you know, the MLS, uh, the Columbus Cup. You know, you know the Columbus crew, crew winning the MLS Cup. What a hell of a sports season we have, ladies and gentlemen. And I enjoyed talking to sports with you. I, I definitely did, man. And we look forward to more uh, engagement, uh, conversations. Uh, yes, electronic, digital communication, online, reading threads on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok is okay. But we are from the middle age, uh, old school. We are we value sports talk with the audio and the video, live in person with everyday people, and coming with uh, our own free thought from the games we saw. And we're gonna carry that into twenty twenty four. And I would like to say thank you once again for tuning in to our sports platform on the recap on the twenty twenty three champions. And thank you for. Uh, all that you have done to support our platform, the Bleed, the Bleed, Blue, uh, Bleed Blue Show, and also putting your listening rotation as we close out 2023. And you already know what I'm going to say. Sangre Azul, Bleed Blue, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And this was your Blues Day Recap 2023 uh, Recap of the Champions. Bleed Blue. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.